Jessica, and this is ATC Presents Debaki Rambles, where a couple of friends review Korean dramas. Rico is absent again today, so I have a very special guest with me. I am joined by Jenny from Pocha Playlist. Hey, Jenny, what's up? Hi, welcome or welcome. Hi, I'm happy <laughs> to be here. Wow, I feel like I'm so used to like hosting my own podcast, I and know. I'm like, welcome, people, come listen. But it's like. <laughs> Well, welcome to the ATC listeners. Hey. I'm really happy to be here. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on. I'm so excited to have you on. I listened to your podcast and I was a little bit disappointed that you guys didn't like happiness that much, but it's okay. Oh, no. It's okay. <laughs> I loved your deep dive. This is pretty recent. Your deep dive on um, All of Us Are Dead. That was really good. Mm, yes. You guys like did the whole thing all at once, which was nice too. It was a short drama, so you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it when Netflix comes out with everything at Whoa. once because we're just like binge and then re <laughs> recap and we're like, yeah. that was great. You know, <laughs> I know I totally feeling. get the feel. I'm a binger. I love binging. Mm -hmm. I can't do like for the sure. weekly. It's so stressful for me. Anyway, um, in case some of our listeners haven't listened to your podcast or don't know you very well, we're just going to do a quick like rapid fire background on K-drama. Like what was your first K-drama? So my first K-drama was in like 2009. Uh, it was called You're Beautiful and it had Park Shinhe. It was a wild Girl. plot. And if Girl. anybody doesn't know about it, it's so crazy. It's basically Park Shinhe is like a nun or something or a nun in training. Yes. And she has to like take her twin brother's place in a K-pop group. And it has this like, because I was really into K-pop at the time mm -hmm. and like before I was into K-dramas. And so I was a huge FD Island fan, if anyone knows who that is. And so one of the members is in that K-drama drama mm. so that's kind of why I started watching it and you know just opened the door into k-drama land so that was my first one. Oh my god I loved you're beautiful <laughs> as well and like the hair the makeup the oh, yes. style just didn't age very well but I love that drama I think that might have been my first time watching a watching a Park Shin drama and oh, yeah. yeah it was like a gender bender she was her twin mm -hmm. it was like a I don't know, Twelfth Night kind of deal meets Sound of Music because so she was wild. a nun. It was like crazy. It was like wild. <laughs> there were so many things happening and it was hilarious. And like I had never watched a K-drama at that point. And I think I was just so broken by all the, like, because there's so many guys in that group yeah. and they all, like spoiler, I guess they all end up kind of liking her. And I just remember being like, how is she not with these beautiful men? <laughs> like, like, no, what's happening? How can she resist? Happy? <laughs> exactly. And so now it's like, oh, like now I know K-dramas are like this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good, good intro for sure. Yeah. I think if you liked maybe Scarlet heart video and you know along those lines where it's like a lot of guys and one girl you'll definitely mm -hmm. like you're beautiful from 2009 um Appreciate what it. is your favorite k-drama oh, you don't have to limit it to so one tough <laughs> yeah i i call things my favorite k-drama just because i've watched it so many times mm. like there's a lot of k-dramas that i i really like and i feel like i just don't know if i could watch it again but these ones are like my easy, just like bread and butter, like K-dramas. Mm. So one that I watch a lot, it's on Netflix though, I believe. It's called Strong Girl Bongsu. It's basically this this tiny girl, Park Bogum. Yes. Um, she's like super <laughs> cute. She's like super strong because of whatever mystical power. And it's just the love lines in that are like amazing. And this is adorable. Um, an older one called My I Love from a Star. It's really classic. Oh, have yeah. you seen this one? Yes, I have. Yeah, it's so good. It's um, Kim Soo Hyun. He's like 
He yeah. was in something recent. Oh, he was in It's Okay Not to Be Okay recently. Mm-hmm. Um, also love that K-drama. And a couple of recent ones, Hospital Playlist and Our Beloved Summer. I think these came out like this year and a couple years ago. But just amazing K-dramas to kind of turn on and, you know, just watch through a couple of times. And then uh, some sadder ones that I oh. also really like is My Mister. I think you actually recapped this on your podcast yes, recently with Nunes Nucci, it. right? Yes, yeah. it was so sad. I cried on the it podcast was, like I would never, like, <laughs> do, zero out of ten would recommend crying on a podcast. Sure. I can't imagine how you recapped that show because I would have bawled my eyes out on the podcast too. It so was such a tough depressing. review. And it, yeah, it's depressing. Yeah. <laughs> but it's an yeah, excellent drama. I highly recommend it. For sure, for sure. And then another one recently called Move to Heaven. Um, this was actually, so yes. on Pleasure Play, we rank our K-dramas. And I think, was it last year or whenever this came out, it was literally number one on our list because we were like, it's just so good, like so great. Yeah, So it hurts so yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Oh, K-dramas. And then lastly, Goblin, which we'll be reviewing today. Oh so my God, yes. My I am so well. excited to to cover K- Goblin. Um, what what would you say is your like genre, your top like k-drama genre i so i feel like i will always love a good k-romance but there needs to be a little bit of comedy and then the other half of me is like a slice of life give me that Mm. like pain give me that you know (laughs) (laughs) yes (laughs) so i'm firmly in those two boats which are i would say pretty far apart from each other sometimes but like yeah those are my two top very nice. I think we have similar tastes. Um, and honestly, like all the ones that you mentioned were your favorite K-dramas are like some of the best K-dramas of all time. <laughs> so like Strong Girl Dabong Soon, um, yeah. Our Beloved Summer and Goblin. Like these are great ones. So you can't mm-hmm. go wrong by following. If you guys want like a playlist, a pocha playlist from Jenny of like things <laughs> to watch, her favorite K-dramas yes. are excellent place to start. <laughs> Thank you. Yes. Okay. So housekeeping really fast. If this is your first time listening, thank you so much for pressing play and kicking it with me and Jenny today. Go ahead and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. We're everywhere. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and many more. And if you like us, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And of course, I go buck wild on our socials sometimes. So if you (laughs) want to stay up to date on everything that we're doing and chat with me, Rico does not have any hands in the socials. He's like, (laughs) you do it. I don't want any part. Like, I can't keep up. So you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook and TikTok at ATC Debug Pod. And if you're a fan, please consider becoming a patron. It's a great way for you to get involved and show your support. You can check out the page on patreon.com slash always critic pod, which is our main movie podcast. Don't get confused. That's what ATC stands for. Anyway, let's get into it. Um, do you want to do the honors, Jenny, and read the Asian wiki synopsis? Yes, I will try to get through this insanely long (laughs) long. synopsis. I know. (laughs) All right. So in ancient times, Kim Shin was an unbeatable war general, but the young jealous king frames him as a traitor and kills him. Kim Shin becomes Dokibi, who is the goblin, possessing an immortal life. At first, he thinks that he is blessed, but he then realizes that he is cursed. Closer to present day, Kim Shin waited 900 years for a human bride to end his immortal life. One night, he saves a dying pregnant woman who is destined to die. The woman gives birth to a baby girl named Jin Untek. Uh, in present day, Jin Untek is a high school student. She sees ghosts and hears the whisper of Dokibi's bride. On her birthday, Jin Untek sits in the sea with a lighted birthday cake. At this time, Kim Jin suddenly appears in front of her. Kim Jin does not know why, but he can hear her voice and appear before her against his will. Coincidentally, Kim Jin lives with a grim reaper at the same house. 
Okay, yeah. Thank you so much for reading that. That's basically episode one <laughs> of the show. Yeah, right. <laughs> basically episode one. Um, Goblin, a.k.a. Tokabi, a.k.a. Guardian, the Great and Lonely God, originally aired from December 2016 to January 2017. And I should say that 2016 is the year of our Lord because there were so mm-hmm. many great, great, great K-dramas that came out that year. Sure. Like W, Moon Lovers, Signal, K2, yeah. Uncontrollably Fawn, Weightlifting Fairy, Kimbokju, Descendants of the Sun, like a handful of these we've covered on the show. Amazing K-dramas. I don't mm-hmm. know if we can like live up to like that year again. <laughs> it's like crazy. Um, For sure. Yeah. Goblin was 16 episodes long and it's directed by Yoon Book. He's directed Jiri-san, Sweet Home on Netflix, Mr. Sunshine, which is another great K-drama from 2018. He also directed, I just mentioned it, Descendants of the Sun from 2016 and both Dream Highs. Dream High, another great K-pop show (laughs) with like... yes. What was it like YG, I think? YG. Was it YG? I don't remember, but I just know IU was in it. And I was like, oh, I, that's the girl. first time I saw IU. <laughs> yes, exactly. That was 2011. So pretty dated for, oh, for, for us sure. now. And <laughs> Goblin, yeah. Goblin was written by Kim Won Suk. And she has worked with the director before on Descendants of the Sun and Mr. Sunshine. And she's also written things like Secret Garden. From 2010, wow. Gentleman's Dignity, The Heirs from 2013 with Lee Min Ho, um, The King, Eternal Monarch, also with Lee Min Ho. And she's just basically a prolific writer. Mm-hmm. So keep an mm-hmm. eye on her stuff. If you like any of these shows, definitely keep an eye on her because you'll probably like her next show. <laughs> For sure. We've got a crazy cast on deck here. We have Gong Yu as Kim Shin. He's done... A bunch of movies, Train to Busan being one of them, Silenced in 2011. He's done a bunch of TV as well, considering he's the Coffee Prince from 20, 2007. Mm-hmm. Squid Game cameo, which like had everyone in a tizzy. And then he was most recently in The Silent Sea from 2021. Kim Gon is Jeon Tak, Goblin's Bride. She's been in a bunch of movies. The first time I saw her was in a movie and... I really like this movie, Memories of the Stored, with and it has Juno in it. You do know? Oh, nice. Highly recommend. It's like a, a historical kind of fantasy. And like, I highly recommend it. I don't hear enough people talking about Memories of the Stored. It like was really good to me. And then okay. Tune In for Love with Jung Hae-in. She's acted with like all these <laughs> like hot actors. And then she's done a bunch of TV as well. Cheese in the Trap from 2016, which is not, I don't find it very well, a very good show. But there's that. She was also with Lee Min Ho and The King, Eternal Monarch, Yumi Cells 2021. She will be in Little Women later this year. So I'm excited for that one. And then our second leads, we have Lee Dong-uk as Grim Reaper and Yuina as Sunny. And Sunny, yes. I mean Sunny, Yuina was recently in Snowdrop. I first saw her in The Queen and Yun's Man, which was like mm. all the rage in 2012. Um, <laughs> Lee Dong-uk, I think I saw him first in My Girl, which was like an older drama from 2005. Um, oh, okay. Do you have like, where did you first see these people? Because... This cast is stacked, but yeah, they have gone on to do great things, but they also had stuff before Goblin that people recognize mm-hmm. them from. Did you recognize this cast before you came in to see Goblin? So I, 
So I knew of Kung Yu. I actually, this is probably like a sin in the K-drama world, but I've never watched Coffee Friends. <laughs> People are going to be like, okay, all right, so turning off the show right now. But no, 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 no. I've never watched it. <laughs> it's very good. It's very 2007, like mid-2000s. Mm-hmm. But I would say that it's kind of hard to watch now because it's kind of nowhere. Like you can't really find it in places. It's not yeah, easy it's to just like so dated acquire. now. And it's dated. Yeah, I just. But yeah. I think I think at some point, like if there's a lull in your K drama watching, mm-hmm. definitely try and find it and watch Coffee Prince. But it's okay. For sure. Forgiving. <laughs> Wait, have you watched <laughs> Train you. to Busan? Please tell me. I have. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I have watched Train to Busan. Zombie Korean related movie thing for sure. Yes. So I watched Train to Busan. So I didn't know of Kung Yu from there. Um, but it was my first time seeing him in kind of like a romance or like goofy role because like and Train to Busan, he was like fighting for his life yeah. you know so yeah, yeah. I just like was kind of like oh okay like interesting this is gonna be fun um Kim Goon this is my first time seeing her like I did never watch she's in the trap so I was like oh okay like oh. she seems really sweet like yeah, yeah. don't really have any expectations um you don't look as well I actually had never seen any shows with him up until Goblin you're surprising um, me right now Jenny. yeah I don't like I I feel like wow, okay he wasn't really my style you know what yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah, like yeah, when yeah, I yeah. was younger I watched K-drama because I was like that guy is hot and mm-hmm. like you don't know, was kind of like I don't know. He was really my taste. So I've never really yeah. like actively pursued his K dramas. Same. Um, yes. Yeah. You get me, right? You know. I what get I'm you because about. I'm looking at him I'm like, <laughs> I don't get it. Like, why do people yeah. like you know fawn over him? But it's okay. You know, everyone has their own taste. But oh, for sure, for yeah. sure. So this was your first and experience I, with him in a show, for sure. Yeah. And then Sunny, I saw her in Love from Star, but like it never really clicked. I am terrible with like names and face recognition, and so like. <laughs> I will like be watching a drama with my boyfriend and he'll be like, oh, you know, we've seen that person in like all these dramas. And I'll be like, we have? <laughs> so, we have? <laughs> I'm like, I've never seen this person in my life. And so like with Sunny, I was like, oh, I don't think I've seen her in anything. And then I rewatched like my love from a start. And I was like, oh my God, that's that's Sunny from like Goblin, you know? Yeah, so yeah. it was like one of those moments. But yeah, so definitely kind of like like introduced to a lot of these people and like rewatching it this time around mm-hmm. for the podcast too it made me realize how many amazing actors are in Goblin as just really side roles I was yes. like holy shoot you know yes a lot of yeah. people came out of the show like on a like they're stars now like Kim yeah. Sohyun she plays like the queen in of in all mm-hmm, the flashbacks mm-hmm. and Kim In Jae plays the king in flashbacks yeah. and like those two alone have gone on and done really great dramas and have become yeah. well-known. Like Kim and Jay did like, what was it? Dali and, Dali and something? Uh, cocky Dali Prince? Dali and the Cocky Prince, yes. That, it. Yes. yes, and Kim Sohyun has done things like Love Alarm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is huge on Netflix. True. And like, you know, totally blew up. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like Jung Hae-in was like, you know, the baseball kid. John Ian, the cameo of the century. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that was Jung Ian. Like, I had to rewind the scene. I was like, wait, no. Like, is that Ashley? And I was like, yeah. holy shoot. Yeah, amazing. Yeah. <laughs> because you watch them in other dramas and you see how their career flourishes and you don't think, oh, it's that one guy from episode seven of Goblin. Yeah. Like, you just don't, you don't read like yeah. that. Yeah. For sure, for sure. (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) all of this out of the way, we have our cast, we have whoever is behind the camera. What did you think of Goblin? I know this was a rewatch, but like, how do you feel? Uh, So 
I've seen Goblin now probably four times and like <laughs> <laughs> so like and it's crazy because like every single time I watch it I'm like dang this is a good freaking drama you know like because I'll watch Goblin I'll be like wow that was amazing I'll watch like five six k dramas and I'll rewatch it and I'm like dang Goblin's amazing it's just like a timeless piece I think for me personally first episode was kind of tough to get through because I'm not a big historical um k-drama person mm. um but right. then like the moment we kind of get into like re- like the kind of current day stuff like mm-hmm. I feel like it was just like we we're on a train and we were going you know right. um so I personally loved it I think it was a great show I definitely think it was almost like I don't want to say ahead of its time, but like mm. I would mm. say that a lot of more elements that are in Goblin in 2016 are like more apparent now and like today's yeah. like K-drama tropes. Like I would say like the Goblin has turned itself into a trope almost, you know, with like <laughs> the mystical deities and whatnot. Um, but yeah, sorry to answer your question in a very long winded way. It was a great, great show. I, I truly enjoyed it. And like if anyone hasn't seen it, like thousand percent recommend Okay, so first of all, you don't have to worry about rambling because that's what K Rambles is for. <laughs> like, I'm constantly rambling. Um, it doesn't matter. We'll get to our destination eventually. Um, for me, I would say that it was hard to separate like how I first felt about this drama with coming mm-hmm. at it like so many years later and rewatching it again. Because when I, I watched this like when it was airing and I yeah. was like caught up, like I was legitimately <laughs> Like, I lived and breathed Goblin. I loved the show. I was mad every time the episode ended. It was like, yeah. I was just, it was wringing me out to dry. Mm -hmm. And I loved Gong Yu. And I had, I think I had never seen Kim Goen before. It was like an experience to watch this and feel all of these emotions and and kind of understand like that this was a global drama. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and thing they were doing things like you said that are kind of commonplace now like going overseas and filming overseas in quebec canada like i had never Wild, seen right? i had never seen yeah. a drama where they left korea right completely Seriously. yeah so <laughs> filming in canada i was like oh my god i've never seen i think this was the first drama where i saw subway product placement for the first oh time gosh. in a k-drama for sure for <laughs> sure i was like i think i was watching this like last week and I was like dang I really want some subway now (laughs) it was the first 100% like first K-drama while I was like that sandwich looks so good like I would give an arm and leg for that sandwich yeah it made subway look life changing and I was upset at it the first time that I saw it (laughs) because I was like is that Subway and they're they're eating it with gusto like it's the best yeah. sandwich they've ever had in their lives right so it, I mean they did a great job like product placement but again I mm. reiterate I do not condone Subway product placement in K-dramas <laughs> I think it's the worst thing anyway um yeah so this drama did a lot of new things and I appreciate that the OST is all time oh gosh all yeah. time all time like top tier unassailable OST and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like this ost lives on like way past the drama and that's the goal of creating an ost that like brings you back to 2016 (laughs) yeah no and like 100 percent. i remember i actually so when i watched this originally i watched it on some like random sites but recently (laughs) i watched it on vicky and like vicky this is amazing thing where they actually translate the ost lyrics yes and I remember being like, wow, this just 
the OST hit different, like, and it just because you now read the lyrics. Mm-hmm. I'm not Korean, so I don't know what they're saying, right? But then now reading the lyrics in that scene with the song, you're like, oh my god, this is a work of art. Like, yes. this is genius. Like, this OST <laughs> is so perfectly, like, written and placed. It's just amazing. Like, I bless Vicky for doing that. Bless Vicky. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Vicky Subbers doing the, God, yeah. the Lord's work here. Because for sure. we had all of the lyrics on screen for us when you watch it on Vicky. And this is not a Vicky to plug Vicky, but, you know, Vicky has great subbers. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you had bangers like Stay With Me by Chanyo and Punch. Oh, yes. You had Beautiful by Crush, like, which kills oh. me to this day. Round yes. and Round by Highs and Hansoji. Like, the list goes on and on. Every one of mm-hmm. these songs is worthy to be on a playlist, worthy to be replayed over and over again. Yeah, and, and I would say, like, a small thing that just gets me is, like, there's always, like, the big OST songs, mm-hmm. but then the work that they put into, like, I don't want to call them, like, jingles, but kind of, like, the side songs, mm-hmm. you know? Kind of just, like, the, oh mystical vibe songs. Like, even those are, like, low-key bangers. Like, I'm, like, humming them and stuff, <laughs> and I'm, like, it's not even yeah, a yeah. song, technically, you know? Right, right. But just, like, that level of effort into the whole musical, like, side of this drama mm-hmm. was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, watching it this time around, again, I... It was hard because I was like, this is a really good drama, but there's certain aspects of the drama that I have to complain about. And I have to Mm -hmm. talk about like basically the age gap romance, which I have come on this podcast and our other movie podcast. And I'm constantly saying that I hate age gaps and I'm (laughs) not talking about age differences. I'm talking about an, a chasm between their ages. And in this case, Gong Yoo at the time was 38 and Kim Goon was Mm -hmm. 26. Yep, yep, yep. So that's a 12-year age gap between them. And it was hard. And then it's compounded because obviously he's an immortal goblin and then she plays (laughs) a 19-year-old, barely legal girl. Mm -hmm. It was uncomfy because they do get a couple like little physical scenes and yes. i'm like because mm. yes. like uh like i hate to bring other k-dramas and other like movies in here but like whenever i think of age chats i think of twilight mm. and like <laughs> and like for some reason and maybe this is just me in middle school being like i i love edward cullen but like <laughs> for me i was like oh this is okay because they look similar in age you know because you know True. edward and bella were both like high school kids even though he's really really old yeah but the fact that Gung Yu looks a lot older yes. than you know it's just that's what makes it a little more uncomfy because yes. I'm like oh he's like an and like she calls him Ajashi, Ajashi. which like which in Korean is like you're not even oppa you yeah. know you're like an old man to me yes. you know and it's like so that was weird and like I get it's like the fates and the love lines are fated to love but I was like as just like a mortal being like this makes me feel a little bit weird so yes glad that you brought that up yeah Yeah, the age gap was amazing it's got a bad aftertaste like it leaves such a bad aftertaste on the show yeah because like you said they're they look their ages well they look that there's like there's a big age gap between them and of course her personality, Jiun Tak's personality in the show is very innocent and naive and lively. Mm-hmm. And she's just so young. She feels, yeah. her character feels young. She feels like a teenager. Probably even less yeah. of a teenager. Yeah, for sure. And, and I get like they're trying to make her mature mm-hmm. and like she's supposed to be a girl who like kind of grew up too fast or whatever. Right. But like, 
but when she's around him, she's not very she's mature. Not. So exactly. she's exactly. Like, ah. <laughs> it's hard. And then Kong yeah, is like an tough. old soul. He's playing like this yeah. old soul. So it feels yeah. very uncomfortable to watch them yes, agreed. live out this like ex- amazing Starcross lovers uh, plotline. Mm-hmm. For sure. Even though you love it, I, you're like you're like I want them to be together, but at the same time, this is very icky. Yeah, it just it definitely leaves like a weird effect. And mm-hmm. I, I'm glad that they were at least tasteful with it, like for most of the drama. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give out any spoilers. Right. And we can talk about this more later. But like, you know, they were OK. Like they weren't like doing too much yeah, early yeah, yeah. on, which was nice. But um, yeah, just the idea of it was kind of like, well, she's your bride. Sure. Mm-hmm. But like, mm. <laughs> yeah. So another complaint that I would have is that the supernatural lore is extremely confusing. Um, mm, I mm. have more questions than answers at this point, And I've seen this drama, <laughs> I think three times by now in, yeah. in my whole life. Like, I don't know what, what who certain characters are. I don't know what their deal is. I don't know if they're good, if they're bad, if they're a mix. If it, it feels mythic and in a way, I don't I don't have the text to bridge the gap here between the drama mm-hmm. and like w- what they're basing this on. And that yeah. is another very annoying aspect of the show is that they it feels kind of arbitrary when they're changing rules and making up rules and setting you up Mm -hmm. for okay this is this is what this means in this world and then you know every nine years blah 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 like you know they they give you a lot of exposition and then at the end they're like it doesn't matter (laughs) like you know (laughs) yeah basically it's confusing because like I think we're used to in K dramas there's usually like one supreme mm-hmm, being. Mm-hmm. But I feel like in Goblin there's kind of many. And yes. I don't know if that's just maybe like I don't know, maybe it's like Koreans kind of know what's going on. Right. And like us people who aren't Korean are just like, What do you mean there's another god? Like yeah, what? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like and so maybe that's part of it, I think. Um but I think what you said exactly is right at the end where it's like, actually, don't worry about any of that. It's like, it doesn't matter because love trumps all. And that's what yeah. we're here for. So, yeah, yeah. Totally so the that. writing, it's like they gave it such high stakes and then they were like, it doesn't matter. Like, it's fine. Yeah, yeah we're good. So that was annoying. Um, bromance was a plus mm-hmm. between Goblin and the Reaper um amazing i I feel like yeah. their development as well because they definitely start off in one place and then they have a lot of history and then they end up in a completely different place and there's this kinship and uh, familial aspect to them that feels mm-hmm. kind of feels like it goes beyond bromance a little bit it just feels yeah. um nice to see by the end their development yeah. I agree. I think one of the main uh, chemistries like in this show is really between Grim Reaper and Goblin, like more so than even the romances. It's like their chemistry really drives the whole show forward because it's there's so many dark themes and I'm sure we'll get into a lot of them, but it's like the death, the love, the fates, all that. But then you have just really cute little moments between Goblin (laughs) and Grim Reaper and they do it so well where you're like, it's like they, you're like they dig you into a hole and you're just like, ah, oh, so many, so many bad things are happening. And they're like, oh, but let me let me give you this really cute romance scene of Goblin and a Grim Reaper. And you're right. like, oh, I see light. <laughs> so yeah. it's definitely like a, a back and forth. But I totally agreed that like 
chemistry just is unparalleled. And like Kong Yu and Lee Dong Wook are like really, really good friends to this day. Like they, I think I've seen them on like reality shows where they're just like hanging out, drinking, like doing their thing. <laughs> so like they're like truly best yeah. friends, I think. Oh, you feel yeah. it. You feel it in this drama <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Um, is there anything else that you want to say in a general sense before I get into fun facts and then we can give our soju bottle ratings? Yeah, I guess my last thing I want to touch on before we get into the yeah. main like recap, I guess, is just the second lead couple. Like I mm. always dislike like a third kind of person who like tries to get into the relationship. And I was a little bit worried with Lee Dong-wook's character. Right. I think when I first watched the show, because I was like, oh, is he going to be like a third trying to mess up Goblin and, you know, yeah. whatever. But the fact that they just gave Grim Reaper and Sunny just the best second lead storyline like for me i i love that like that's one of the reasons why i think i've rewatched goblin because it's like half of the time it's for goblin and the other half is for grim reaper and sunny you know you bring up a good point because i don't know if i necessarily gravitate toward the second lead but i know fundamentally like objectively it's a great second lead couple mm, okay, and okay. i love that um they get so much screen time you know to yeah um grow and work out their stuff a little bit and kind of um just wallow in their feelings a lot I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a better way of putting like their interactions is that they just wallow in their emotions (laughs) with each other yeah and that's kind of nice because you feel their their history and you feel their struggle a lot Mm -hmm. sometimes more than the main couple and I would say that the drama tries its best to give each couple a happy ending. And I don't think that's much of a spoiler because it's a love drama. And that's like the blueprint for love K-dramas. But the thesis of the show is sad love. Mm -hmm. Faded love. (laughs) Faded love, sad love. um, And that sucks because they give you this thesis early on like which would you choose like a lifetime of um, sadness or a lifetime of love a thousand years of whatever they he gives this mm-hmm. ultimatum to june talk and she says what about a sad love and yeah. at the end of the day like that is what you have to have going into the show if you're watching for sure. it for the first time just expect sad love yeah that's sure. that's a whole thing in the show so if you're ready to cry if you're ready yeah. to you know experience this then hit play on goblin it's it's something now Agreed. um let's talk about a couple of fun facts because i said before it was like a global drama and it truly was the final episode had like an eight 16.68% nationwide audience <laughs> wow. in Korea. That's the fifth highest rated dr- drama in cable television history in Korea. And Dang. like the first, if you're wondering, what are the first four? I'll tell you. Number one is World of the Married, two, Sky Castle, three, Crash Landing on You, four, Ooh. Reply 1988, and then Goblin. So wow. it's in really great company. And of course, it won the grand prize for writer Kim Eun-suk and best actor for Gong Yoo at the Baeksang Arts Awards, the 53rd Baeksang Arts Awards, which is a huge deal. It's basically the Oscars for entertainment in Korea. And that just goes to show that this show not only resonated with audiences, but it resonated with critics and people in the industry as well. So that's really kind of a nice thing to to think about in the back of your head. And then I mentioned them uh, filming in Quebec, Canada, 
now all of these locations in Goblin are tourist attractions, like not only in Canada, but in Korea. And I will say that the red door that they enter and exit out of in Canada is basically an emergency exit. Oh, no, really? (laughs) At a theater. Um, And I'm going to butcher this name because I don't speak French. Theater Petit Champlain. I don't know. Oh, you did great. Did I? French to me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So that's an emergency exit at that theater. If you ever want to go to Quebec and take a little gander at these filming locations. So, yeah, I, I think that's a pretty unique aspect of the show is them filming overseas. And it felt I would say that the show feels big budget. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, for sure and nowadays we get big budget in a couple of uh dramas that are originating in korea but mostly i feel like we get budget in netflix dramas nowadays and yeah. back then to see this type of money and production being put behind a k-drama was really groundbreaking to me so i will leave you guys with that thought what would you rate this drama out of five soldier bottles oh okay in terms of how many soju bottles I needed to get through this drama, oh. like more than five. But, like, <laughs> but to formally rate it, I, I wouldn't put it like five out of five because I do mm-hmm. think like we mentioned, there's a couple things that are frustrating, things that are a little weird. But I I don't think I'd sink it lower than four. So maybe middle ground, like around like a 4.4. 4. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like okay. right there. Yeah, That's nice. What about you? I would give it a four. Okay. Four out of okay. five soldier bottles. And I think that's what I rated on my blog review as well, which was done nice. a few years ago. But without further ado, I think we're going to jump into spoilers and talk about this drama in even more depth. So we'll meet you that's on the it. other side of spoilers right after this. <laughs> Hey, you want to come in? All right, we're on the other side of spoilers. So if you don't care to be spoiled about Goblin and you haven't seen Goblin before, listen on. Okay, where would you like to start? I think that some of the best scenes happen kind of early on to me in the show. Mm. Um, Okay, okay. Yeah, because you have the (laughs) the needle drop of like beautiful life early on (laughs) where she first she first summons him like on her birthday she blows out the candle and then the cement boardwalk there's like gorgeous shot with the waves crashing behind them he gives her the buckwheat flowers what do these mean lover like it's just like Uh. and then the freaking ost yeah god that's unparalleled still one of my favorite scenes in k-drama it's just beautiful and of course like the beautiful life obviously with the umbrella scene where they're like passing in the rain Mm -hmm. and he like Mm -hmm. looks at her and she like doesn't look at him and it's it's you could tell like this is gonna be like a show because this is episode one both of those scenes happen for Um, sure I think what's hilarious to me about those scenes is like, since we're getting into spoilers, so Goblin has like a sword sticking out of his freaking chest and it's a big ass sword, right? Yes. And like, it just cracks me up because Kim Goon's character in text, all right, like she's literally just seeing this guy. He's like, damn, he has a freaking (laughs) sword in his chest, you know? And like, he's like handing her flowers. He's walking down the street, like all this. But like in her head, she's probably like, damn, this guy's like struggling right now, you know? But like, it's just funny to think that she could see it this whole time. And like, we have these beautiful scenes with them and it's all romantic. And she's just like, that's a sword. (laughs) (laughs) That was kind of weird because 
that was a sticking point in the first few episodes that she could only be the mm-hmm. goblin's bride if she sees like my this blade sticking out of my chest and yeah he she finally says oh yeah i see it what's this and points at it that's another famous scene but he mm-hmm. asked her like why didn't you say nothing that you didn't see it this whole time yeah and she was like well i thought it was rude after like seeing you, I was like, I don't, I don't want to bring it up. It seemed like a, a big deal. Like it, there must have been a history yeah. there, so I didn't want to like talk about it. And then like I missed my chance, and I thought it'd be rude to like bring it up now. So I thought that was kind of funny. And again, it plays into her character kind of being mature and very young and innocent at the same time, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. maybe someone a little more mature understands maybe that a blade sticking out of someone's chest is very painful and there's some sort of like drama behind that maybe we can't get into it Mm -hmm. now but then she also like doesn't tell the truth right away when it's Mm -hmm. evident that he's the goblin and like she has all of these like whisperings that she is a goblin's bride and so she understands that they're fated that they should be together that he's like probably not going to do any harm to her he's not a ghost and still she doesn't mm. say anything for a few episodes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's just cute because she's like, oh, well, like, I don't want you to kick me out of your place. You know, if I pulled <laughs> it out and you don't like if you don't need me anymore. And I'm like, oh, you're such a baby. You know, <laughs> like you're so yes. cute. And like, which is totally understandable because like obviously she comes from like the saddest of paths. Right. Like it's like her mom passed oh away. God. That scene kills me every single time. Sorry, we're like jumping around. No, 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 it's fine. Let's talk about her home life because she, like you said, they crafted the most pitiful character I've ever seen. For sure. My God, the worst home life I've ever seen. Her mother dies early in Mm -hmm. the show. She's only nine years old when the mom dies. I think that's episode one, too. Yeah, for sure. They packed it all in episode one. (laughs) And she's like, oh, my God, that scene is brutal because her mom dies. She comes home and she thinks it's her mother. It's not. It's her Mm -hmm. mother's soul. And she realizes that her mother has died. And it's on her birthday. She lights the candles on her cake before realizing, like, she's looking at her mother's, like, soul. It is brutal, brutal. I mean, one of the most emotional scenes in the drama. And it had, like, they throw it at you in episode one. Like, that's rude as shit. So... It is so for real. It's so like I'm not emotionally recovered from like most of episode one, like to this day. Like it's just, they were just chucking things at you. And like, you know, the scene like after she realizes the mom's dead and all that. And then she's like goes to the hospital, whatever, very, handles it very maturely. Like one of the, the female God, I guess, comes and gives her the mm-hmm, biggest mm-hmm. cabbage in the freaking world. I think that <laughs> image has just been imprinted in my head. Just tiny, tiny, like nine-year-old girl who found out her mom died with a big red scarf holding a giant cabbage. And I'm just like, wow. <laughs> like Goblin set itself up like that, you know? Yeah. First episode. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It's it's hard. It's hard to um, kind of wrap your head around how bad of a life that she's had because they tr- they mm-hmm. make her out to be the Cinderella character. Yes, for sure. And Goblin is the, the prince that comes and like saves her from her terrible life. And she, again, is like an outcast. And yeah. I don't think we felt, we necessarily feel that in the drama that she's a, a social pariah. She sees yeah. ghosts and she has no friends. She has no family. The shittiest family yeah. you can think of she's living with. Mm-hmm. And... She is still so positive and nice to people. Yeah. Again. Don't know how that happened. I don't know how that happened. (laughs) I don't know how they craft such a character, but you kind of, 
you believe um, Kim Gon that she mm-hmm. is so pure of heart still, even yeah. after having such a crazy upbringing and basically raising herself yeah. in a life of adversity and being poor. For She's sure. like on the poverty line. She said like, oh, yeah, I'm on the poverty line. So again, like financial difficulties, too. It's like crazy. Yeah, for sure. So like I totally get why like he find she finds this rich man who's like mm-hmm. you're technically supposed to be my bride and she's like let me <laughs> try to stay at his place, get out of my situation. He's going to grant me some freaking wishes like let's go, you know, let's get like my mm-hmm. life better. Mm-hmm. So I totally understand why she was a little bit hesitant to like show her cards, I guess maybe. Mm-hmm. Um but at the same time it's like girl, you got to tell him you see the sword. Like, <laughs> You got to tell him <laughs> that you're like seeing these things, that you like know these things. You got to communicate with him a little bit here. Um, but yeah, I think it's really cute that the goblin basically got her a job at this chicken shop where it's again like the fates, right? And that's how she meets Sunny and everyone kind of comes together in this moment. Um, I think it's really adorable that like he's kind of helping her out in the beginning. But like, like we said earlier, like, because they have a big age gap and they're technically supposed to be the brides. Like at the very beginning, there wasn't too much like romance. It's really just him like trying to take care of her. Is that kind of how you felt too? Yeah. I think that they kind of ramped up the romance um, during the, the first part of the show. He's more of a guardian to her and a protector and he's um, answering all of her wishes, right? That she's like, I want a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. I want a job. I want to get out of my aunt's house and, he's yeah. like answers them very slowly and the boyfriend aspect is basically the one that takes the longest because they have to let the romance cook something else that i really like about the show is that you get the sense that she is missing so much love and affection and family and throughout the show she gains a family and it's like this mm-hmm. really odd supernatural family because she has the reaper she has goblin she has Tokwa, who's got his own thing that we'll talk about later he's like possessed <laughs> half the time And (laughs) she has all of these ghosts as well that follow her around and look after her. Yeah, I think it's really cute that these ghosts kind of follow her around too. Like we see little um, clips and little moments of these like little like ghost friends who kind of like help her with her bullies, help her with like her family, et cetera, et cetera. And like, you know, and to help back like, uh, um, you know, Kim Glynn's character basically goes and like kind of. I guess puts away their like regrets and whatnot and like the current world so that they can Mm -hmm. move over to the afterlife. So it's like a very positive relationship that they have. And like, you know, typically in K-dramas, like I feel like ghosts are never really that positive, like true ghosts. Right. (laughs) It's like, so it's just really cute to see that dynamic. And like, like you talked about the family, like it's really great to see her kind of integrate. And like we mentioned earlier, the Grim Reaper and Goblin have this great relationship that, you know, it's like, it's just a cute, like, I guess chemistry. I wouldn't say like a great relationship because the relationship isn't like super great, but like, it's just like a fun, like friendship, you know? And then like, she kind of comes in and it's like, everyone kind of comes together and she meets Sunny who is just an amazing friend to her you know it's basically like she takes care of her and like it's like her older sister in a way um mm-hmm. but it is very very sweet to see that and I think it's great to see kind of the smaller stories associated with all these characters too like we mentioned the ghosts mm-hmm. um but also for the Grim Reaper he has like little side stories where he's taking people in and like kind of like showing them how to like move on to their next life and kind of their stories like right. the one that always gets me is the blind guy and his dog stop waiting it. for him at the door stop <laughs> it right now don't cry again don't cry oh god that one yeah. yeah because and i saw somewhere on the internet that the best thing about goblin is that they say good boys go to heaven 
like the dog yeah. is there in heaven he's, as well and like there. waiting for the mm-hmm. owner oh my god <laughs> so sad yes. and like very wow. touching super touching yeah. I was annoyed yeah, at first because sure. I forgot the the dog and the blind man going um, into the afterlife. And I was like, why is he still blind? Like, I don't get it. As oh. soon as he dies, he should get, regain sight and yeah. be able to, like, go into mm-hmm. the afterlife seeing everything at that point. For sure. Because he does, have, does not have a corporal body anymore. So yeah. that was very annoying to me. But then they opened the door and there's this, like, sight dog there. And I was like, oh, yep. my God. It all come together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, like just those little pieces, I feel like definitely just make the show kind of next level for me. Just mm. because I always like it when they put little like side stories, if they can do it well. Sometimes it's overwhelming, but I yeah. think Goblin handled it in a very great way where you don't get distracted by the side stories. You just mm-hmm. like kind of understand like the side stories almost make you understand the emotions of the main characters more because True. for example grim reaper is dealing with the stuff like on a day-to-day basis and he's just like mm-hmm. seeing the death and life and all that and it just makes him kind of change as a person like throughout the drama as well i think so yeah just a really yeah. great addition to that yeah because at first he seems kind of militant when he's giving the oblivion tea and he's going about his day as if it's like a chore and just a job. And at the end, it feels like he's gained a lot of insight and it mm-hmm. feels more personal to him when he is sending people off and when he is giving them the tea. So, yeah, he definitely goes through a whole evolution throughout the show. And it might be yeah. like the second all these themes like floating around of the value of a human life and death and life the cycle of life circle of life however you want to call it that is a huge major theme in the show and they explore Mm it supernaturally because you do have all of these afterlife sequences with the goblin and the tea and then opening the door and oh we got this asshole doesn't want to take the tea and all this stuff so he's gonna go (laughs) to hell and all this stuff um yeah i had a little trouble like reconciling the punishment that they gave to goblin because Mm. he was How do I put this? It doesn't seem like he is the only subject of a Korean king or or any king for that matter who was ever betrayed and killed unjustly. So to me, there should be a ton of goblins at that point because there's tons of different subjects throughout history who have been betrayed and killed unjustly and have some sort of vendetta or um, unresolved trauma that carries into their next life or will resurrect them or whatever. Yeah, that's true. So I wonder if that like was annoying to me. Yeah, I wonder if there's like a you know, like the best case, you drink your oblivion team, you go uh, and you kind of come back as a new person and da da da. The worst case, you don't get the tea, you go to hell essentially. It sounds like what's happening and you just regret <laughs> and kind of live this terrible life. And I guess there's middle ground which mm-hmm. is goblin where he's like you don't really get a tea, you come back to life, you kind of remember everything, right. but you're rich, so it's all good. And like, it's kind of a weird middle ground, but it, yeah. I think there was a scene where Dokwa as the god was like, oh, you know, I he was one of my favorites because I liked his good looks. So I, I guess it was kind of like, yeah. he was a favorite child of a god. So they're like, you know, you're 
you're kind of not the best person because you killed a bunch of people. But at the same time, you did it for your country and your subjects love you and you're my favorite. So, you know what? Like, we'll we'll help you out, make you a goblin. I don't know. Not like there's like a clear checklist here. It just seems like a lot of people, like just a lot of things. That's my issue is that I think it should be a little more cut and dry, (laughs) but it wasn't. And Kim Shin, or the Tokebi, he... And, and was like kind of on the fence deciding whether or not his immortality was a was a blessing or a curse because he's blessing mm-hmm. other people and is being basically a guardian angel for countless people yeah. throughout their lives and throughout his life that pop in and out. But then he's also in hideous pain every so often for whatever reason because the oh, blade sure. is still in his chest and he wants to end his life. He feels that losing people throughout his life, friends especially, mm-hmm is a torture and so it's like a mixed blessing and he doesn't know like who is doing this to him like he doesn't he doesn't have a face to put to like whatever god or entity is punishing him and making him live this life and so there's also all these questions like is god listening what is god's plan we don't know his will (laughs) we just get like we just you know we're just taking each day one day at a time and like the grim reapers don't even know what's going on it's like bizarre there's no answers (laughs) it's kind of i don't know how to explain it but like you know there's the butterfly which is kind of like that's supposed to be god who's always listening kind of watching and i guess like because the goblin is a favorite the god possessed like the one human that's kind of within their household, which is Dokwa. And so Mm -hmm. he's kind of like keeping an eye and like moving things along. I think the worst part of the curse is that, you know, Goblin finds Goblin wife and Goblin wife literally has to end his life. Like that is hands down like the worst part because it's like you know (laughs) you're like finally find someone that you want to live for and i think goblin even says it in the show like i finally found someone i'm like trying to live for who gives me hope and gives me life right and the moment i find her i have realized that she has to kill me by taking out my sword right and then the additional layer of that is like if she does not do that then she dies because I guess the universe just works against them and it's like if she doesn't mm-hmm. do it then she dies so if she has to die then you live and blah, blah, blah. it's just like wow it's just sad faded love right here like you said it is a sad faded love they're star-crossed lovers and mm-hmm. you get that but again it's like a weird pendulum like a weird paradox that's happening here because if he lives she yeah. dies she she dies whatever it's vice versa and they cannot be together right like that's the yeah the whole conceit of the show is they really fundamentally can't be together yeah and like we can i guess we can move forward i mean since we're talking about spoilers but eventually she does pull out the sword and like he dies and honestly that scene was probably the saddest moment and i think kim gulan's acting in that scene her cries like shook my soul man those are so sad let us let's talk about this because honestly I was like uh, waiting for this scene the whole show. And every time they mm-hmm. were like dressed in the same kind of clothes that they were in that scene, because it's seared yeah. into my memory, right? I was like, yeah, yeah. oh no, it's coming. So I was like bracing <laughs> myself the whole time. And yeah. of course, when it happens, it happens late in the show, like episode 14. Yeah, so and late in the show. Super late in the show. But like he, oh, man, that whole episode is, is great because. He, well, first of all, he kisses her on the rooftop, which is a really good, passionate kiss. And he mm-hmm. he always, like, does it unexpectedly. He's always, like, boom. Like, he just, like, 
turns yep. around and like plants one on her. <laughs> then you have this weird convoluted plan for the ghost of that one dude 900 years ago who was like instigating shit was trying yeah. to kill the goblin by using possessing the, the go- goblin's bride yeah. and it was like this whole uh, thing. Yeah. That yeah. came together really fast and it was really dumb, I thought. Yeah. But then he pulls out the sword using mm-hmm. her like you know using her hands yeah and kills the ghost and then which is a, it feels like an oxymoron because he's already dead like how where where is he sending him like how is he killing him <laughs> anyway so he gets rid of that guy sends him into the afterlife finally and you have the goodbye scene just just devastating right? devastating just, it, then oh. he says like i will come as the rain i will come as the yeah. first snow i will beg yeah. god so that i can at least i can at uh. least do that those lines like absolutely slay me then yeah. he dies and like you said Kim Go-un's guttural wailing that she does mm-hmm, mm-hmm. completely breaks me in half. Uh, for sure. Every single time. I've watched yes. the show four times now. I have cried in that scene every single every time. time. Every Even time. like I was watching this for this podcast and I was like, eh, you know, I've, I know what's coming. I'm not going to cry again. I think I was no. just like, oh, tears, sobs. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm not okay. Yeah. It's just so sad because they tease it throughout the whole like beginning half of the show. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, she's going to take it out. You know, like, oh, right. maybe, oh, is she going to do it? Oh, no, but she can't grab it. Oh, like, and you just keep thinking. <laughs> and by this point, you're like, all right, we're at episode 14. It's going to be a happy ending, right? So, like, nothing oh. bad's going to happen. And then he fucking disappears, and you're like, holy, yeah. like, he's gone. You know? He just burns up. It's like, yeah. Oh, my God. Such a moment. Yeah. Really sure. great moment <sighs> in K drama. Like, this is, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know. Just it's iconic. like, yeah, it's like Leo dying in Titanic. You're just like, oh, oh my God, yeah. why? <laughs> <laughs> For sure. And it's just, you can never unsee that scene. It just hits you every time. Yes. Like this is the OST, like the transition between the two songs, like everything is just perfectly oh. crafted in that moment to just make you feel as much emotion as you possibly can. And it works every time. So, <laughs> oh, yes. yeah. So that scene is rough. And then we sure get fire. into like, the he he so he does end I up get confused. striking a deal yeah it's like this is where it all kind of then I get really confused again, again because <laughs> he gets stuck between this life and the afterlife in a purgatory yes. where God yeah. does not dwell yes he's just walking around in snow for yeah nine years nine years <laughs> yeah time jump Both nine years life. yeah and you're like okay like where is this going he right? ends up returning because mm-hmm. of this long-standing promise that he would whenever he was summoned on the first snow that he would appear in front of her so she finally yes. does light a candle and blow it out on the day of the first snow and i guess mm-hmm. the double whammy causes him to like come back but again yep. you don't hear any sort of like this is your reward i you know yeah whatever like any sort of explanation for why this obscure promise is what brings him back to life yeah there was like a scene where dokwa and the female god are talking and i think the only explanation that's given is like oh you know you know the door between whatever immortal realm. like i just kind of left it open a little bit like that was it he was just like yeah i kind of what just <laughs> didn't mind it and it's like what I, I guess like i guess the agreement was strong enough to i don't know it's like the gods are just playing games at this point you know they're just playing they're just playing around they're messing yeah. around 
And sure. I think I was watching the show trying to find clues as to why he would return. Maybe there's like yeah. breadcrumbs somewhere. The only yeah. one that I found was early on, he's having a mm-hmm. conversation with Reaper in that like tea house. And all yeah. of a sudden, a fully alive human walks through the door and is like, oh my God, where's the bathroom? Because he really wanted to use, needed to use the bathroom. Yeah. And they were like, well, you know, the will of a human can supersede like any kind of like supernatural laws. Like yeah, he should like not be able to do- walk into the after afterlife tea house or whatever that is. Yeah, for sure. Like if they're desperate enough, which yeah. I guess Untuck and you know that moment was like, mm-hmm. then it freaking it freaking works. You I know, guess. you defy all the laws. But again, like <laughs> what? Like there was too much that you just had to like accept <laughs> for yeah. for it to be a happy ending for you, and for it sure. kind of felt like. Here's an example I'll give. This is like a visual that, you know, how you're watching like a fashion show or something and you see this mm-hmm. wonderful model like walking down. And you're like, oh, my God, they're doing so well. They're killing it. And then all of a sudden they start like fumbling and they're like, oh, my mm-hmm. God. And you're like, oh, God, they're going to they're going to fall. So then they fall. But then they get back up and finish the show. And you're like, well, at least they got up and like finished it. That is how the ending of Goblin feels. Like really? you're like, okay, okay. oh my God, it's so beautiful. And then you have like this like weird ass, like, oh my God, what's going to happen? Oh, Goblin dies. Oh, he's back. Oh, whatever. She doesn't remember him. <laughs> and then like all of a sudden a happy ending, like weird ass happy ending. And then you're like, I guess if that was a fine show. Like, <laughs> yeah, they made sure. it. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like for your analogy, it's literally if she gets up again, falls off the runway and then gets up and finishes That's exactly the show. <laughs> Because we have to talk about how uh, freaking... So there's happiness, right? So after Goblin comes back and talk eventually remembers him yes. in France, you know, or sorry, in Canada, it's all it's all happy and whatever, whatever. And then she gets into a car accident and dies in episode Bro. 16. And you're like, what? Like, okay, the model just fell the, off the runway. Yeah, you know? the model just fell off the fucking runway. Exactly. Yeah. They, she like sacrifices herself so no one knew it was going to happen because like this is outside of god's purview or like vision or whatever because like she just uh, again like more lore that's like (laughs) happening in the final like sequence and (laughs) she dies right after they've finally gotten married yeah and And you're like what (laughs) so she sacrificed herself with like a busload of kindergartners and like you're just reeling like at this point like you're like Mm-hmm. why like this is a betrayal of trust on the part of like the showrunners and us the audience who have yeah. been here all this time like trying to get a happy ending out of it but again sad love gotta remember sad love gotta remember second goodbye scene another emotional wreck that yeah. it put me in because she's like <laughs> he's bawling his eyes out in the tea house oh yeah yep Yep. She's trying not to cry. She's like, I'll come find you. She refuses the tea. It's like, oh my God, like what the hell is going on? Yeah. So we get <laughs> that. Just, yeah. Like you're emotionally broken at this yes. point already. Because you're like, because it's another shock. You're like episode 16. Typical K-drama world. Episode 16. Everyone's happy. You're wrapping everything up. Happy, yes. happy, happy. We're good. Right. She dies yeah. in like the last 30 minutes. And you're just like what you know and like like you said the tea house scene so impactful because this time he's the one that's crying because like if you remember in the first one where he dies she's sobbing right and he's kind of Mm -hmm, just like mm -hmm. let it happen like this is what it's supposed to be and this Mm -hmm. one she's kind of like it's okay like i'll be back and he is broken you know so it's just that crazy it's like they're both not gonna be happy you know like (laughs) (laughs) because at first he was prepared to die she of course was not 
yeah. prepared for him to die. And then all of a sudden, no one's prepared for her to die. Like she yeah. doesn't yeah. didn't know she was going to wake up that day and have a perfect day and then die. And yeah. then he like finally gets his bride. He's waited for her in this weird purgatory in the snow for all this time. And then boom, she dies. Yep. 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 Ah, then we get a ch- another time jump 30 years into the future. Uh, yeah. The year I figured out the year is 2057 by now. Wow. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Dang. All right. So now, he waited. <laughs> he, okay. So 30 years now, Sunny dies. Yes. And we have another T scene where now Sonny and Reaper go into the afterlife because Reaper's off the hook. He's fulfilled his Reaper contract and mm-hmm. he can be reborn or what have you. What have right. you at this point? Very emotional scene. And now I don't know how long it's been because now we get another time jump. Presumably, mm-hmm. what is it? It could be three months. It could be 500 years. I do not know. We do not know how long it's been between when Sunny dies and between the final sequence of the show. And you see Sunny and Reaper get their happy ending because in this life they become an actress and a police officer and they have their Mm -hmm. happy ending finally. Adorable. Adorable. Happy for them, I guess. (laughs) Props to the writer because that was very cute. I 100% loved their ending. Reaper has left Korea, is in Quebec again, and she's there on a school trip, sees him at the cemetery, and like, she remembers him because she never took the tea. So I guess that's our happy ending. She's back to being an underage, like, girl, and... What life if she, what life is she on? She had like this whole like theory that humans had four lives according to like mm-hmm. the seasons. Like you had one where you like sow seeds and another one where you like reap the what you sowed and yep, all like all yep. this stuff. Like she had this whole thing figured out. She asked the reaper before mm-hmm. in the goodbye scene, like, what life am I am I on? And he's like, Well, you've had one life. So she's like, Okay, I have three more. But like, yeah. was he lying? Is there did she already live a life? More than one life, or maybe yeah, like maybe she had a life where she hadn't met the goblin or something. Like who knows, right? There's like a lot of unknowns. I think for my sanity, I'm gonna assume that this is her (laughs) second life where she has met goblin again on the fields of Quebec, and they're gonna be happy (laughs) and they're gonna, you know, live and be happy again or whatever. But like, yeah, I the ending just I was like happy that they met each other, but I was like sad because I'm like. This is just going to keep happening for him because he doesn't really have an out now. Like he's just going to yeah. be goblin forever. Right. Because right. like the sword is out. His wife is here. She's they're going to be, be happy. He's yeah. going to have to watch her get born and then die and then wait another whatever hundred years and then watch her get born and die again. And like, yeah, this is just what he's accepted for herself. And her love is enough. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. There was yeah. another show that did something similar where he. Uh, the god it was called the bride of habek mm, and yes. oh spoiler for that show but basically she he chooses to live out a little bit of his immortal life on earth with his girl mm-hmm. and i'm like that's a sad ending to me because she will yeah. eventually age and die and he will stay young and beautiful forever and then he goes back to living his life like as a yeah. water god like in the heavens yeah. so like they will be separated this is mm-hmm. not a happy ending to me <laughs> And in this case, too, this is a bittersweet ending because, of course, she finds him again and you're like, oh, great. Like, we get to start all over. No, hon. Like, she's a human and he's an immortal. So they're going to be separated at some point. Yeah. 
it's just and it's like they don't explicitly say anything so mm-hmm. you're just you kind of are left with the happy scene of them re-meeting right and so initially you're like yeah yeah she found him <laughs> yeah and then the screen turns black and you're sitting there like but is this really happy like yes. am i really happy with this like and you're like i'm not because if you think about it it's just like you said it's like he's gonna watch her go old and die and then we're gonna have another gonna... tea scene later on again yeah yeah with a random grim reaper this time because mm-hmm. you know <laughs> and he it's just sad because he doesn't even have the grim reaper as a friend at this point anyways like, right he's truly lonely yes like, you know it's just with this i guess this family of people who just kind of keeps being his servants but like that's right. really it you know like and that's sad anyone that's also very sad for that family like never mind that they're like tribals oh, yeah. and like have are made of money at this point but yeah their whole existence is like to be his servants servants <laughs> let's talk uh, like what oh <laughs> uh, yeah just i guess it's fate i don't know it's this show it's just like feel like it's great. There's a lot of great scenes, but kind of the go-to is always like, it's fate. It's just fate. It's like, just fate. Just, yeah, don't just worry about it. It's fate. Destiny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Which, you know, honestly, while watching the show, I was like, yep, I accept it. It's fate. I'm yeah. fine with this. <laughs> I get that fate's going to hurt me, but I'm here. I'm ready. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, what a crazy, crazy, crazy drama. Just so many plot lines, so many like twists and turns. There's mm-hmm. just definitely like... A lot of things that you're just really not expecting. And I think that's what kind of keeps you on the to- on your toes because you're like, first you're entranced by the beautiful scenes. You mm-hmm. know, like you mentioned, all the beautiful scenes really happen towards the beginning and that mm-hmm. sets the tone. You're like, wow, so pretty. Wow, I want to have a catchy. <laughs> Crush you know, is serenading you on the yeah, OST. <laughs> exactly. And you're just like, this is great. And then it just starts getting into twist after twist after twist and until the end where you're just like, what? What? A, what is my life That now? was still you know? a twist. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Another twist. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, just a crazy, crazy drama. But like, like I said, like you and I both watched it so many times. It's just one of those that it's is one of uh, those timeless. It is timeless. Yeah. And yeah. I think that's like the appeal is that this couple is all time. And mm-hmm. this is one of those roles that they'll be remember- remembered for forever. Like she will always yeah. be the Goblin's Bride and he was, will always be Goblin Dokebi. Yeah. Which is nice, like, to think about. And (laughs) we were talking about our second leads and how they had basically such great chemistry and they were selling this, like, super tragic history Mm -hmm. and love that they had. And honestly, it felt like they didn't get enough. Like, this couple were so great that they ended up putting them together again in Touch Your Heart. Yes. And they start again as lovers. And you're like, yes, like, this is, like, another, (laughs) you know, I want to see them again. It's like... um, so addictive to see two characters who just didn't didn't get like the full force of their love like in the show mm-hmm. so you get like another show that where you kind of like live it all over again yeah for sure I think the second lead I just I really liked them because it was really cute you know because Grim Reaper is supposed to be this like awkward guy and then Sunny's <laughs> supposed to be this cool girl you know right. she's like I'm Sunny and like <laughs> Oh, she's just so gorgeous this Not whole time, right? Sunny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just amazing. And like, you know, there's just so much uh, like 
bad blood because of their history and their fates and he was a king she was a queen he killed her because of the bro- like all this just mm-hmm. stuff right from the past that just essentially keeps them from being together and like to be honest I was kind of like honestly you guys should just be together anyways like even during the Grim Reaper Sunny phase of yeah, their lives because yeah. I was like what's the worst that can freaking happen like sure he's a Grim Reaper but like you know just hang out like it's okay I like, feel you so seriously I feel you and in the end, I think uh, Goblin said something like, oh, they can't, they couldn't be together in this life because she couldn't forgive him. And I'm like, I didn't get those vibes at all. I, like, she was ready. She was ready. Forgive. Yeah, she was ready to forgive. <laughs> she was ready to get with Goblin. But I, I'm not Goblin, um, Reaper. Reaper, yeah. But yeah, she sort of was like, okay, well, I guess we can't be together. Too much has happened. And this is the only way I can punish you. So we won't be together. Yeah. I'm like, girl, you're punishing yourself. But, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like just live your life, you yeah. know. Like, girl, just it's okay. Like, and it's just so sad because you know, obviously, after Goblin died, everyone forgot their memories. Right. But for some reason, Sunny didn't forget her memories, and Reaper didn't forget his memories, and like they just never contacted each other because they kind of assumed that each other had. It was just yeah. unnecessary <laughs> stress. I feel like you know, like I get it. It's the past. It sucks, and like you know, there's a lot of things mm-hmm. stopping you from doing what you need to do. But like you just be selfish like it's okay you know like yeah that was a little tough for me to swallow but it's like it makes it more sad and when they did get together at the end it just made it more impactful so I understand why they did it but I was like I just I just want them to hold hands and be happy you know right and there's something about the show with uh, you know everyone who's died taking the oblivion tea where you kind of want that restart you want that to start over you don't want your past to hold you back or to mm-hmm. make you feel inferior or the opposite and in their case because they both remembered through whatever reason they couldn't like get past it yeah and so it was nice that you kind of had this concept of oblivion or forgetting being a mercy to people Mm -hmm. so that they can you know be reincarnated or just live their life differently than how they did things before so for them they couldn't live past it i think they could have personally like you said they could have just gotten together in this life and um yeah we never find out like what the hell happened to her when she left korea moved out yeah she just kind of did her own thing and then came back as a grandma when she died like this is a nitpick because the year is 2047 or whatever i said it Mm -hmm. was and she dies she's dressed as a harmony like why is she yeah. dressed like that it's the year 2047 <laughs> look how stylish she was when she was young like all of a sudden she's wearing like a chunky ass cardi and like yeah. a long skirt like what <laughs> <laughs> this isn't yeah, 1968 yeah yeah what happened <laughs> what? yeah because you know she's wealthy so yeah. it's not like she's like slumming it out somewhere like you know what know. like where's the sunny we knew where is sunny <laughs> <laughs> who are you and what have you done with Sunny? Exactly. <laughs> oh, but yeah, a little a little sad to see her like that. I agree. Mm-hmm. The last two things I want to touch about touch on are the Lady in Red and Dokwa because they go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. The Lady in Red was also the old woman street vendor and yes. she is some other god. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Confirmed. <laughs> so the Lady in Red shows up in episode eight and she says why why does goblin at that point say that that lady in red blessed him as a child was she his mother or was she 
Like, what is that blessing so. thing that she was, he was talking about? And then yeah. that's when she reveals, like, oh, you should get that sword pulled out quick because otherwise homegirl's going to die. Yeah, I think, like, she's supposed to be, like, one of the gods. And I think all of the people on Earth are her children in a way. Oh. I think that's how I interpreted it. Like, she's just, I don't know, like, a human creating god or whatever. And, like, Dokwa's god is maybe not as mm. much like because he doesn't really call too many people his children like right it seems like there was an interaction between the woman in red and dokwa where she was like you created you should have created a world with no sin or whatever so it seems like she is the mm. human god and he might be like the world god is kind of how i wow okay made sense of things i, I don't know could be totally that. wrong yeah. but <laughs> but then in episode yeah. 11 she goes to congratulate Un, um Jintak on her yeah. graduation Dressed mm-hmm, head mm-hmm. to toe in red. Yeah, loved it. And like hugs her, <laughs> tells her her mom would be so proud. And then she yeah. says, direct quote, when you came to exist, I was so happy. Yeah. So guess, like what? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't just know. favorite babies? You know, I maybe guess. God just has favorite babies. I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> and then she gives her a bouquet of cotton. What the hell did the cotton mean? Okay, I actually love that bouquet though. I was it was beautiful. Like, it was unusual. I want that cotton ball like for sure. So, <laughs> so that was like another yeah. thing. Like I don't know. Maybe yeah. we're missing some sort of like what the meaning of cotton is um, in that oh, moment. Yeah, could be. Oh man, well, I don't know. But then <sighs> Reaper, no, not Reaper. Dokwa mm-hmm. was possessed for I don't know how long in the show. By another god, the the butterfly, presumably. Yes, yes. And I don't know. He was like buddy buddy with the lady in red, but then like gave the body up at some point, and like he gave them a riddle. Like before he like exited Dokwa's body, he gave them mm-hmm. a riddle. Yeah. And I don't don't, I don't feel like anyone solved it. I don't no, know. Nobody <laughs> solved that riddle. Yeah, I can't even. Just- yeah. <laughs> This is what's really frustrating to me is uh-huh. that you love the romance, but then the whole circumstances around it are yeah. weird and yeah. they're being punished, but like for what? And then they, yeah. Yeah. I feel like, like what you said, it's not like super clear. Like there's not a checklist or any of this. You kind of mm. just have to go with the flow for a lot of the stuff. Like the whole Dokwa being a God thing. Like I think that was now weird. Re- I don't think they should yeah. put that in at all, to be honest. Yeah. Like rewatching it. I think it was really just a plot mover. Like they mm. needed somebody to kind of drive things because right. otherwise logically it wouldn't have made sense. Right. Like for example, yeah. when Untak goes into the ski resort, basically Dokwa is like, oh yeah, I found her. She's here. But like mm-hmm. only because he was God. So he figured it out kind of thing. And so I think they needed him to be more of a, I guess, fancy being because without it, like things couldn't have moved as quickly because people were too caught up in their own emotions. Mm -hmm, That's mm -hmm. kind of how I've just justified it. Um, And I think, you know, he was possessing Dokwa to be close to that group because in essence, he did like goblin i think it was just kind of like he likes this dynamic he likes this little group so he's like let me insert myself in here you know and he being i guess the world god in this scenario so a lot of assumptions i'm saying like i feel like i'm talking very confidently so people are gonna be like oh yeah that probably makes sense but like honestly this is just me pulling stuff out right now but this is how i've logically tried to just justify a lot of the things in this show okay i I appreciate it because i just have questions and like you're like okay i'll answer it to the best of my ability (laughs) i try (laughs) 
Um, shout out to them going to the movies and going you freaking out when they watch Train to Busan. Amazing. Love, love that Easter egg there. Um, mm-hmm. Again, Junghae and Opa uh, being this, her first love or something like that was great <laughs> right? too. So random. I'm just so crazy seeing him there. I was like, wow, Junghae. I know. Like, You're like, oh my God, amazing. and he has an age a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So true. That man is immortal. If anyone's a goblin, it's him. It's Junghae. Yeah. <laughs> We're calling it now. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. The BTS and EXO mention in episode nine. Because uh-huh. the old chairman is like, what should I get her as a gift? And there's like a list of things that girls her age love. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it's like BTS and EXO. And I was like, yep. oh my God. I mean, they ain't wrong. So <laughs> They're not wrong to this day. <laughs> yeah, to this day. So <laughs> to true. this fucking day. And then oh. uh, I, I don't know why, but this came out of left field in episode 10 where one of the ghosts was her mother's high school BFF oh, who yeah. like watched over her and like the insurance money. And that was very emotional as well. Yeah, that was very unexpected because, you know, the other ghosts don't really have like ties with like the characters, you know, Mm -hmm, they're kind of just mm -hmm. side characters, whatever, whatever. And the fact that that was like her mom's best friend was just so wild. But at the same time, like it kind of made sense and it made me feel better Mm because like the whole insurance money was always like kind of up in the air. right? And the on and the whole family was trying to like steal from her. And the fact that this ghost kind of was watching over her did make me feel good. I was like, wow, right. ghosts, are, ghosts are friends. You know? Ghosts are friends, <laughs> not enemies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it um, was good. It, uh, yeah, I, again, that wrecked me. But the other thing that wrecked me, and this might be my last point, is the black tongue that they put on the ghost for the old. Oh, remember that, like, yeah. what was he? Like, I forget his name. But oh, I forget too. He was like an advisor to the king. Yes. Right? And, I, and I think uh, Kong Yu's character had choked him to, or Goblin had choked him to death yeah. when he had come back, which is why his tongue was black. But it was so slimy looking. I he was kept like, like not do, a like, fan. Sticking it out and stuff yeah. and like licking his bottom lip. And you're just like, I feel I feel wrong right now yeah. for even watching this. Like, it's so gross. Oh, agreed, agreed. Yeah, yeah. I try to keep that whole face out of my memory because that makeup was really intense. It was bad. It was bad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah. Anyway, I think I have, I've come to the end of my notes. Is there anything else you'd love to say about Goblin? Yeah, I think my last thing is like my I think on our po- our podcast, one of the things we always talk about for K-dramas is like it's everyone's storyline wrapped up. And I think Goblin is one of I don't want to say the few, but one of the K-dramas that I've seen personally that I'm like every single person's mm. storyline has wrapped up no matter how minor of a character, or how whatever, like even uh, Untuk's terrible family, like the right. aunt and like the two kids, like the aunt basically comes back as a ghost and Untuk kind of like helps her get into yeah. the afterlife. Like even that piece, I was just like, wow, like they even thought to bring that back. Like mm-hmm. just one of the things that I think Goblin just does really, really well is making sure everyone's like ending is touched on even if it's sad even if it's happy Mm -hmm. whatever like they close the loop on everyone which is just so great and one of the things I love about it Mm -hmm. even one of the other yeah I agree with you and even one of the other Grim Reapers who shook Sunny's hand at some point to see her own Mm -hmm. life and like what she did wrong 
Yeah. She, she had this whole conversation again with Reaper, who was like, don't worry about it. Live your life. Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Like, forgive yourself. That's what the gods yeah. want is for us to forgive ourselves because the whole reason they were Grim Reapers was because they committed suicide, which is a whole another thing that we really didn't get into. So wild. Which is yeah. really heavy. And like, they brought that up at the very end. And you're like, well, shit. Like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, because the yeah. worst sin that they, you can commit is um, taking your own life, which is in for this sure. lore again. Like, that makes the most sense to me, right? Mm-hmm, out of mm-hmm. everything that they introduced <laughs> but it was very heavy-handed and again like even small characters got uh their story wrapped up yeah super nice which is great yeah agreed mm-hmm. <gasps> okay yeah. we have come to the end of this wonderful <laughs> show it's wonderful despite all the nitpicks that i had or, and that you mm-hmm. had too yeah, the romance is good age gap not so much but that's okay that's okay it's still rewatchable it's which is great yeah Oh, for sure. That's the most positive thing I can say about the show is that it's rewatchable. Yeah. Despite how heavy it is, mm. it's rewatchable, which is very rare because like heavy shows, like I barely rewatch them because it's such an emotional thing. But Mm -hmm. like we said, the the funny scenes, the romances, the chemistries Mm -hmm. between all the characters, that's just it lets you redo this multiple times, you know, for sure. Jenny. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't believe yeah. you said yes to coming on the show because I love your show so much. <laughs> oh, thank you. Yes. Um, and say hi to all of your co-hosts for me. Um, hopefully we can get you guys all on on the show or something. <laughs> it's been so much fun. Where can we find you online? Yeah, so we so I'll talk a little bit over our podcast. So we're called Pocha Playlist. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, basically on every single platform that you listen to your podcast on. Um, if you want to check us out, we're basically a group of four people. So it's me and my three other co-hosts, Brandon, Terry, and Andy. Um, we just kind of talk about ongoing K dramas, give like recommendations. We have like a Pocha Playlist, which is like <laughs> our rankings for um, what we think the best K dramas are in a year. Um, and we kind of just it's kind of a fun little podcast. We're not super serious I feel like we kind of want to create this community sense of like hey you're just chatting with your friends about k-dramas um so yeah come check us out on all of those things if you want to listen to us more nice yes please go check out Pocha Playlist they're so much fun and um I think we've come to the end that's been our show I'm Jessica and this has been the ATC Presents Debak K Rambles podcast it's beautiful life
들게 기댈 수가 있게 너와의 추억 